0: Maybe I'm crazy, but sometimes it's okay to be a tough guy. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe i maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Hope you are safe and well in quarantine. Hopefully, we'll be over soon. Very exciting show today, we have Frank Caliendo, comedian and uh, impressionist extraordinaire on the show. Really interesting conversation about how he does his impressions and some of the stuff that he's working on right now. So excited to have him on. Of course, the whole gang, crazy gang is here, Shantiera, Donnie Heller. We'll talk about the Last Dance documentary, get into a little football news, but let's get started with Frank Caliendo. All right, very excited to talk to our friend Frank Caliendo, comedian extraordinaire, and of course, you've probably seen him on every sports network doing amazing impressions and impersonations. Frank, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with us. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. I love being a hero and, and making things. <laughs> Everything goes to the hero, even sandwiches for me. So, uh,
0: are you you're, you're, a, you're a hero sandwich maker? Yeah,
1: why not? That's the only kind to make.
0: I, I totally agree. I'm very, um, you know, I'm being a woman in sports. I'm constantly told to, you know, like get back in the kitchen and like go make me a sandwich. Just, wait,
1: okay. So I, I need to ask that for a second. People actually say that, that like that's on Twitter and stuff. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I should, I should clarify it's on Twitter. So it doesn't really matter.
1: Right. No.
0: But like no one's ever said just, to my.
1: I just saw it, Like I was on with Ahmed Ahmed doing an Instagram live you and the things people say because uh, just because of where he's from and you know the color of his skin and you know his culture it's amazing how people have no problem just saying terrible terrible things and I'm like I'm all for hey think it (laughs) but to tell people that you're actually you know that that's actually what you're thinking that's it that's that's bold too so it's it's not only gross it's also bold
0: well, it's okay. So you're like you're a comedian, so it, you are used to dealing with hecklers and. I
1: just get told on Twitter. I just get told I'm fat and I suck. So one of the things I did was I lost a bunch of weight. I gained some of it back, but when I lost most of it, people would still say you're fat and you suck. So I was like, <laughs> I can't win. So I'm just gonna keep eating my hero sandwiches.
0: Right. Well, Frank, at least you don't get told that you're pregnant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which We're is only a few years away from it, though. Right. It, it, junior, look out, it'll happen. Call again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the go-to. I suck and I'm pregnant, um, which, which is like a whole... It's such a weird thing when people tell you that you're pregnant because it's like, they're never like, oh my God, you're glowing. Like, are you pregnant? It's like you physically look pregnant. So in their minds, they believe, they're informing me of something I don't know about that's going on in my own body and not just something I don't know like I'm, I'm about to like bring a life into the world and this random person on twitter has noticed before I do
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know I people amaze me all the time but it, remember we are in the sports world too and I don't try to be in the sports world it's just something that's happened because I got lazy and uh didn't work outside of it that much but so people know me from the sports world. But there's a weird thing that goes on in sports as well, which especially if you try to do comedy, that is, uh, it's it's that it's the same mentality as a as somebody going up to the plate and striking out. If you strike out a couple of times, you're a bum, you suck, right? In sports, and, and that would happen was at Fox too. They would use we would use analogies like, eh, it's you know it's a single, double, triple, and it, I always felt when I was there, I was like, and I was there for nine years. On the pregame, I always felt the next week I was going to be fired, and for the first five or six, I was about to be. But it was one of those things where, hey, that's the sports world. If you you lose a game, you're down. Like it, it, this is the beginning of a downward trend, and it, that doesn't always happen in just plain old quote unquote Hollywood. So
0: yeah, it's a very it's very cutthroat, very unforgiving business. Whereas comedy can be that way too, but you can have like a lull and then have a miraculous comeback, not miraculous, but a, I should say like triumphant comeback.
1: And some of the best comedians, just in their acts, get, take a little bit of time. Chris Rock doesn't do joke, 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 joke. Chris Rock tells, he talks about some stuff. You're engaged and he's interesting. And then he hits you with the sink. Chappelle killing him softly was his first big special. That's the whole thing is the whole thing is I'm going to talk a little bit and so it's that type of thing as opposed to old-school, you know, the, the, the uh, Catskills joke tellers were just uh, machine gun, Boom, 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 boom. That's, people like storytelling and like to get to know you a little bit. But that to get back to it, comedians can have those peaks and valleys. And, uh, and you can have that in your career too. Think about to the time you get to be in entertainment. You could have a hit movie, direct a hit movie, not be heard from for five or six years. And then have another hit movie, and nobody says you were gone. If that happened in a sport, if you had a great year in basketball, and five years later you have another great year, you're comeback player of the year. You're not. You were. You were missed for a bunch of years.
0: <laughs> no, it it is. It's such a. So I did kind of the uh, the unforgivable. So i read i read ali wong's book um dear girls it's here somewhere behind me that's right here um and i love her she's brilliant and in her book she talks about how like disgraceful it is to do be like how comedians feel about improv uh acts and like the improv world and i've always loved comedy and uh i think i'm a relatively funny person people tell me i'm funny i don't know but I always wanted to explore it a little bit more because especially in my business it kind of is a lot of improv. You know, if Colin asked me a question and I'm like, "No," it ends the conversation, you know? I'm in the conversation business. So, I felt like improv would help me in my job as well just to like be a, a little more quick-witted, you know, always think of the next thing and just go with the flow a little bit. So, I did two improv classes um, I graduated from two improv classes here in in Los Angeles. And All right, I, I got like... I gotta
1: stop you for a second, not because of the story, but I just picture sometimes when you will give a a, a tidbit on a news story, Colin will just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just...
0: Colin has a very, um, he's a very like I I don't know, I guess because I know him, I kind of know his beats and like how his brain works. So, you know, the more you do television with someone, the more you get in the flow of like how they, they communicate. Right. So I know he's listening, but I also know he's, he's one of those people that like, he pops in and out of the conversation. He's planning kind of like that. three
1: segments ahead too. I can see what he's yes. doing.
0: He's listening. He knows,
1: but he, it's that churn. So I'm sorry to have cut you off during the improv. I just had to get it out. So you've been, you've been doing some improv
0: classes? No, I did them like when I first kind of moved to LA. Okay. Um, but yeah it's it's a very i brought that up to say like it's it's very it's a lot of pressure it is similar to sports comedy in that sense like you are it's on you to like perform and people come there to see you perform and if you suck like they're pissed at you and that can be like the one impression that they have of you that carries on forever you know so have you when you first started in comedy did you have a, a moment where you like completely busted on stage
1: just was terrible Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that happens all the time. I mean, when I started out, I didn't have any jokes. I just had the voices. So I would go up and I didn't know it was going to be up and down. I had the, the, you know, had the puppet. That's what an impression is. It's a magic trick. So you get to tell the magic trick. I couldn't really talk as myself. And now what I've done is started to weave the impressions into more conversation as opposed to just going, okay, so here's John Madden opening up a box of balloons. They're in a box, they should be in a bag. You know, it's it's not that, it's to get it's to get there. So I actually, the first time I ever went up, I didn't know what I was doing at all. It was at a dance club. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the dance club. It, it was probably one word and uh, I, I really don't remember what it was. But uh, so I, I went up at the dance club, I was hosting a talent show and I never I didn't know what was I didn't have any stage presence at all I went up and I was like oh my god I'm Robin Williams and nobody laughed. I'm like oh my goodness I'm not and it was just this moment of I suck I don't know why I'm up here and trying to fight through but it was also the wrong setting too right so it's a dance club they didn't tell anybody Nitro that was the name of the uh. dance club so that they, sounds that like sound the
0: amazing. perfect name for a dance club.
1: And a guy with a like a faux mullet kind of thing and a mustache and glasses and mom jeans was the guy who ran it, probably named Randy or something like that. Of course. But a guy who just didn't look like he should have been running. Nitro. So I just I, it, they weren't there to laugh either. That's another set. Another situation is you have to be in a setting to get people to laugh or you're gonna, like, that's why you don't open for bands. And comedians rarely open for bands right. because people are there for music. So yeah, it, it has happened to me quite a few times, especially at the beginning, because when you go up at the beginning, you're going up in a, a non-controlled environment. And that's, that, that I learned as much, as soon as you can make enough money, you start saying no to those things.
0: How do you build an impression? I was watching Jamie Foxx uh, do an interview with Joe Rogan yesterday on YouTube. And he's, you know, talking through some of his impressions. And it's, like, everybody thinks they can do a good impression. It's, like, and, and it, sometimes it just is, awful.
1: I saw some of that. He did it with somebody else, too. And it's interesting because that's – on my podcast, we talk about it all the time. And then people send it to me. I'm, like, I know all this stuff. This is what we do, you know. <laughs> right. It's a weird thing. Like, years ago on uh, HBO Real Sports, I sat down with um, – what's his name? Um uh, He's uh, uh, Bernie Goldberg. Okay. And I, start, I, I started doing the Bernie Goldberg to him. I'm like, so the way uh, this segues into what you're talking about, there are two ways to go about it. You can try and find the first bass voice, right? You can find a voice to work from. So John Madden, so many people know that I... Here, I'll do this. I'll go this way. Uh, a fun way to go is Tara Bradshaw is right here. Yeah, I told him, And then you talk about your grandpapa and make it happen. That's what... Put, I put the fun and funeral, that kind of thing, right there. But if you give it a little more power, uh, it becomes Chris Rock. I can't believe it just said that. And if you bring it back down, it goes back to George W. Bush. So it goes from George W. Bush to Tara Bradshaw to Chris Rock. So those—it's weird how those can. I used to do it with Ted Koppel, John Madden, and this name's even weird to say now, Bill Cosby, because there's so many that are just so similar. Right. And that, uh, Madden's even Bill Walton. You talk like this to your John Madden, and then you bring it here, and it becomes Bill Walton. How great is that? Unbelievable. So, and that's what people will hear in between those, is your own, my own voice. Right. So they'll be like, that one sounds like that. I did Jerry Jones. I've been thinking about a lot in the shower. I have been. I have been. And they're like, that's George W. Bush. Well, it, it would be if you added this to it. So it's, it's a weird... There's so many little things and there's different parts of your throat you can move things around with. Um, Tony Romo is that, oh Jim, this is incredible and amazing and it's unbelievable. Then you look at a guy like uh, Jim Nance, who I could do a little bit of Jim Nance but when I yell as Jim Nance, it's when he gets really excited like when somebody's going to the sideline or when he says the name Tony, it's like somebody's playing with the audio dials on an old school uh, uh, audio board and be right. like Tony. Jim this is amazing and incredible and I can't see Romo's almost a Muppet oh Jim this is really really great he's almost uh Dr. Teeth. do you remember that guy no Dr. Teeth in the electric mayhem band uh was one of the band members um I don't know I get into those weird a lot of people are Frank Ozzy sounding uh Frank Oz sounding that this this kind of thing in here uh, and you find there's certain types of voices that you can build off of Jamie talked about that um Jimmy Foxx, for those of you who know him, even less than I do, which is almost none. But that Kermit the Frog, hi-ho Kermit the Frog here, uh, this kind of thing right here, which is Ernie as well, Bert, oh Bert, which is the same guy. But then you can turn it into Al Michaels, do you believe in miracles? Yes! So it's, and that's almost, that's almost between uh, Ernie and Fozzie Bear. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Ah, waka waka, so weird. Because you just can change how you move things in your throat. You can right. you compress it or let it go, and you can rumble. Uh, that's, where, that's where the Romo comes from. And some people say that it sounds like Artie Lang to him. I'm like, well, then he sounds a lot like Tony Romo, because some people say it sounds exactly like Tony Romo. So it's really weird.
0: But is that when you bring in kind of their catchphrases and yeah. like movements and stuff? And
1: it, cadence can change it. Right. How many different Christopher Watkins have you heard? You hear the low one. You hear the high one. You hear it in the middle. So you know who it is based on that cadence. And you can even cheat that. I mean, that's you don't have to be able to do the pitch or tone of the voice. All you have to do is get the cadence down and then you then people will know who you're doing. Yeah, that's uh, why old like, school Trump
0: heard- is, like, I think Trump is so easy to, I mean a great Trump is obviously a very skilled thing to do, but Trump is so easy because you just you just hit the fingers and you know say yeah, everything. you do it's this great. thing,
1: it's very so I there's different types of Trump. There's there's the one who's very, very funny and incredible, I'm doing a great, great job. But then there's the one who hits the words very, very well. Very well. The perfect usage of the words, and that's what I do. I do it. It's just what I do. But I, I tend to go for the more the the, the, I try to go for the funnier one. I mean, I worked with Will Sasso at Mad TV, and he did Kenny Rogers, and it wasn't Kenny Rogers anymore. It was I'm Kenny Rogers. It, it was way funnier. And it when it's weird on the internet, people want you. They'll say, "Well, you don't sound exactly like." Him. I'm like, "But the person sounds exactly like that." That's <laughs> right. not always funny. It's interesting. But it's not necessarily funny. Right. To, and you hear um, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx talk about, he's got that line where he talks about Chappelle saying, he does a bit to get there, but Chappelle will either do the mumble thing or something and he'll say, chartreuse. And when he says that, he's got one of those big words he throws in there. And when Jamie Foxx says that, you're like, oh my God, that's exactly what Chappelle does. When you break down their thought, because you can, when you do an impression, you, you get inside their head. Uh, and you start to, I did a, I just did a thing that went, was going viral right now, I guess. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Do you see that that guy who's fighting on the street who yes, looks Jeff it's amazing. Like Jeff it's
0: amazing. I just did. Kicked his ass.
1: Yes, yeah, so I did Jeff Goldblum talking Street Fighter 2. Okay, okay, okay. Come at me, uh, shirtless guy. Uh, you can't catch me? I'm the gingerbread man. Yes, yes, you've tried. You've tried, but I'm coming back at you. A uh, little, a little kick there. I
0: retweeted go. that this morning. I got to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I love the
1: coaches. I'm a retweeting whore with blue check marks. Retweet it with (laughs) like, retweet it with a um. Somebody, a couple people taught me that. Like you, you put the if somebody with a blue check mark, and people know, you know, because there's a lot of people with blue check marks that have like fifteen or you know a thousand followers or something like that. Nothing against them, but they're usually like meteorologists or something like that that are kind of local celebrities. Right. But somebody sees you retweet it with some type of caption. Uh, and then I retweeted all of a sudden people are like, Oh my God, but look, look at this, uh, you know, cooperation between these two blue chart, blue checkmark entities. It's unbelievable. That's a fun, and I've become just a blue checkmark whore because of it. But well, I got just,
0: you. I, I love the coaches one you just did
1: that. I didn't expect that to blow up. I had no idea. So. All right, so I'll do these voiceovers, and and this is a bad one uh, today. The one I did with Jeff Golden, because I knew I had to get in here, I did it pretty quickly, and I missed jokes that I wanted to do. Like I wanted when he did the Harukan, that thing. I, when he could get it, when I was gonna do social distance, social de- like I had jokes that I didn't get in there because I was like crap. I gotta go redo do this a round two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just around two. There's yeah, multiple the-
0: angles of the fight.
1: Oh, are there really? Yeah, if oh, you go they on the uh, from a window. Yeah,
0: from the original tweet, like another neighbor got the. Oh, that,
1: like, brilliant. You just helped me. Uh very, very good. Ah, yes, very, very good. Joy, uh, maybe <laughs> you could put that in your uh, re- retweet uh, with comment. Yeah, hello. <laughs> uh, but that coach's video, I did it in a couple of hours. I just threw stuff together. I had some Andy Reid stuff from being at the Super Bowl. I was on with you guys. Right. The the hat is a is a Bruce Arians. It's an actual Bruce Arians hat um, oh, no way. that, so he's got, he's got his charity, which is the BA charity. Right. Um, so this is an actual hat he gave to me, uh, cause I did his charity. I don't know where are the glasses. They also work for Jeff Goldblum. They're around here somewhere. I found the Andy Reid glasses. I don't have the Jeff Goldblum glasses and now I'm going out of frame and I'm back. And then, so then I have this in the background. Oh,
0: yeah, I noticed. No, that was are actual crown in your glass?
1: Yeah, but right. I don't even drink, so the fumes off of it were just they, like I, I can't even take Nyquil. That's how bad. You know I'm- how I
0: tell? I could tell that you hadn't drank any of it because I always I, I noticed things like this because the sure. ice cubes were melting, in in the glass, and yeah. it was still significantly full. <laughs> and a drinker guess, would have taken yeah. a couple swigs no, of that. <laughs> that's
1: the, see, that's the funny part. You notice the amount of liquid as opposed to it would have been drank faster. Well,
0: I'm a drinker. So I know, you know, you let the, 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 it get watered down, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have different I, taste.
1: That, that is, they wanted to send me a bunch. And I'll probably try, I, I why am I going to say no? I got to start. Uh, maybe I'll send it to you, Joy. Uh, I've like just did a girl. commercial. But they, um, Yeah, and people had told me about that because he was here, um, Bruce Harris. But people – it's so funny. So I had some of those things uh, just sitting around. And then I got to um, – what's his name? Uh, Sean McVay. And I just started working on the Sean McVay. And I I can only do little bits, and I'm too hyped up now because I'm talking 600 miles an hour. But uh, people are like, why didn't you have stuff for Sean McVay? I'm like, because they don't just have Rams gear sitting around. And uh, – the Jerry Jones was actually an old Jerry Jones thing I did. It was something that James Slater was going to use on the NFL network at one point. And uh, it just, they didn't want to use it. And uh, the NFL network didn't. And so I'd never tweeted out, but I'm like, oh, I don't even have to do Jerry Jones here. I don't have to change uh, clothes. I've just got me in a partial suit leaning back. This is perfect. I'll just cut to that. And then the Adam Gase, I was going to do Jeff Goldblum, but the Adam Gase, and then it's so funny because I, I didn't want too many gimmicky ones, but the gay one took off like crazy. That like, was like...
0: perfect. I actually thought that the, um, the Andy Reid one was my favorite one. What
1: was that? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, just, it's it, so... it
0: was just so because it, that's not even something Andy Reid would necessarily do. And that's kind of no, what I think no, is, no. is like what you're lending to like being funny while, while doing the impression.
1: Yeah, but, I worked my whole life. I'm trying to be not as fat, but then when I do Andy Reid, I just do this and I get this extra. You know it's...
0: <laughs> But his mustache and everything. Like it was Oh so yeah. But,
1: oh the mustache here's the funny thing. The mustache was on the hat. How about that? Was- I'm on listen, I'm the carrot top of <laughs> podcast guests. I can just make this happen. This is for um, the YouTube. Oh my this God, is I'm crush.
0: talking to Andy Reid. <laughs>
1: this is <laughs> Andy Reid with uh, John Green's voice. I'll tell you what, man. That's tremendous. <laughs> you just merged, man. I'm a creator coach.
0: You are, you are a creative coach. It's like, it's like The Sims is glitching. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Do you have a Colin? Uh, you know, I,
1: Joey Molinaro does it now. Yes. So I've kind of sta- stayed away from it because he's got all those cadences down. He's a backwards hat kind of guy. He wasn't wearing one today, but he's a backwards hat kind of guy. He's nailed so many elements of the Colin. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even do it um, because of it. if somebody nails something like that, and I haven't been known for doing it yet, right. I stay away because I feel like it's. He's got the laugh and the
0: Colin. Is, like, is it you know like that, stealing jokes? What was that? Is it kind of like the stealing jokes territory? Yeah, I think
1: so, and like all the old school impressions do, but now people do it all the time. It's called TikTok. Um, <laughs> just stealing everybody else's stuff from right. there. But if you remember, I did a joke years ago. I came on. You probably don't remember because you don't remember me doing any comedy. But I, he, and he. Every time I do something, and this is I get real serious about this, he changes it so I can't do it. But and I tell him because he used to do that thing where he would affirm everything he said. So he would he say like, uh, so I was jogging, I was jogging down the street the other day. I did. I did. I did. He, oh, he yeah. said, yeah, oh, yeah. He used to do that all the time. I yeah. was. I just was he would do that all the time he's like you know my wife says i do that she does i'm like you're doing it right now telling me about and the other thing i did was you notice he doesn't do it anymore he goes ah this is because i did that joke on the set probably a year ago no i remember you were
0: on because i think we asked if you had i might have asked you if you had a comment. Yes. But, no, he he still does that from time to time at the beginning of the show.
1: Way lower. He used to do it really big every time, and I said, "Do you do that everywhere you go? Do you go yes, like yeah. you go to a bar and
0: they're like I'm
1: Colin <laughs> Cowherd and this is my wife, you know?" <laughs> but then he stopped doing it. Like right. I have friends who go. We saw you doing it the other day with him, and now it's gone. And he he's told me back at the other place, but uh, which is how he says. It, but he was a. He told me he goes. I, I got to stop doing it. So he thinks you know how he is. Yeah. You tell him something, he'll. Get, he that's the only thing he'll think about. And you're like, no, 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 no. That's what makes you. you he what, if the hasn't good thing been in, doing it if,
0: since we've been home. So like since since he's been doing it from the radio studio. I don't know. I have to I have to think now because I feel like he still does it. It's like a studio thing because it's, it's so not big. Even close. It's, it's not. not a, no, it's not. And it's, it
1: stopped a while ago because I had friends that right after I did it, it started tailing down, down, down more. And uh, if you watch, uh, there's a, there's a, pr- it's pretty quick, but he, I think he knew he had to get rid- he didn't have to get rid of it because it's great. And you just can't do that in normal conversation though, right? You can't. <laughs> do it in I normal conversation. It's like in music when people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ever just goes, yeah, 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 in between sentences. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, I, I, I. I wish I hadn't done it. That's why I didn't even work on it because I would, if I did, and then he saw it, he would have me do it on the show. Right. And then, like, ah. And then Joey started doing all those, every little nuance he had the laugh, the the Colin uh, email guy, and no, the cadence and the he's, microphone he's play. And I was like, That's
0: why when I saw it, I'm like, I don't know if Frank's going to do one now. Um, Joey just he does a great job.
1: Stay away. If somebody has it and is like, you know, if somebody else did a John Madden, uh, which is old school, but I us say John Gruden. Anytime somebody does John Gruden, they go, they compare it to me. Even there's people that probably do it better, but I've done so many things yeah. and I'm like, I, I, people are like, I just came up with this new idea for John Gruden. I'm like, I did it 15 years ago. No, maybe not, but like eight years ago, I did the whole Gruden family and, you know, grandma, gra, granny Gruden. I tell you what, I
0: about some spider two Why banana cream pie, kitties. <laughs> do you ever do women? I've never seen you do women.
1: No, not really. I mean, uh, I don't have that register really. So I just do like a faux kind of effeminate type of voice. Um, some people will say it's like a a, a a gay male type of, I'm like, no, it's just, a, it's just, oh my God, that's so crazy. You know, it's just right. that kind of thing, which is, I mean, there's some price some generalization in there, but it's how I can get the, it's almost like the uh, Jim Gaffigan,
2: what is that about? You know,
1: right. where you talk to yourself in between and get the other side of the conversation. But no, I, I mean, not, I can do a cartoon female sometimes. But I I used to do a Rosie O'Donnell. All he did was throw a wig on me. I mean, <laughs> that wasn't MAD TV. I was, Trump, I was Trump and Rosie at the time. <laughs> just to think about how crazy things have changed. Things are. Uh, if Rosie O'Donnell runs for president. I forgot
0: about that until, yeah, you, until you just said it now. I forgot that that ever even happened. We've been through so much. It's, it, it's hard to, it's hard to keep it all registered. No, I didn't know if it was like a principal thing. Cause I really don't see a lot of, uh, um, comedians who do impressions do women. Like I've, I've heard well, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Fox did Oprah, like briefly in the, in the like story that he was telling, but I, yeah, I don't see a lot of. Um, have you ever seen,
1: uh, Terry Fader, the ventriloquist impressionist? Mm-hmm. He can actually sing like women. It's Unbelievable! He's got a register that I don't. So it's,
0: it's 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 something in your voice, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's I
1: only know a little bit about this, but a trained somebody, a trained vocal coach could tell you there's different. There's this kind of voice that comes from here. That's where Scottie Pippen is all there. He's all, <laughs> yes. I can't even do that. My son said the other day it sounds like Scottie Pippen's always talking into a fan. That and it was like, oh my god, that's-. he
0: has one tone.
1: Yeah. Oh, It's um, and it, even Barry White's going to do that. You know, it's like so deep. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. Then so then there's a middle voice, and then there's uh, you can get up into it's it's placed in your throat, right? And it's kind of what you do with impressions. You you find different ways to like I was talking about before make it all work.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, I shouldn't be offended that there's not a lot of. No, it's because I can't
1: do it. I mean, to me, I wish I, I mean, listen, in this, in this time time and culture and where we're at in the world too, it's hard to do any kind of accent. Um, You do any type of uh, um, dialect people, especially being an old white guy like me. I got to set things up very carefully to talk about anything. And it's, uh, I was talking about this, I think, was it with Shaquille, with uh, Shaquille O'Neal, with uh, Shaq uh i, I don't It was, was just somebody but i was saying it's i always make the I, I, if i do somebody who uh, like charles barkley if you know charles bark with me is he, he's smarter than everybody which right. you know sometimes he really is but it's like it's it, you, you have to be careful how when i was at fox on um on mad tv they used to have a thing where even if this is not even a, a racial component this is just if you made fun of some group you'd always have to have a thing called comeuppance do you, you ever hear of that? No. Where if you talk about something, if you say something about, let's say, old people, you got to make sure the old person gets you back. They have to have uh, the last go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And I, I found myself in the corporate world doing a little bit more of that, because if you go somewhere, you always – you walk a line. But I, I try not to – at this point, I actually try not to even think about it. But people will come at me with all kinds. If I do Stephen A. Smith, people like, I can't even believe you would attempt such an impressionification. You know, people are like, like, what? Well, just doing a voice. I mean, maybe I'm Stephen B. Smith. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard for. I won't say it's hard, but like, because overall, it's a good change that you know otherwise oppressed groups and people that haven't had a voice for, you know, thousands and thousands of years now yeah. get to voice their opinion and speak up for themselves. But yes, you would it's it's I know it's a thing in the comedy world especially that it's like, well, how do you balance that, you know, So yeah, you just gotta people. be you try not,
1: and people come after you for no matter what. Right. I I, I try to be good to people. <laughs> just whenever I set things up anyway, I'm I'm pretty careful with it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, what are you working on right now? Obviously we're all in quarantine. You're in Arizona, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, I've just been doing the, the video stuff and it's been going really well, just cutting. I was trying to, and I am still working on getting away from doing the impressions all the time, but it was like, you know, nobody's got anything to do, especially before things started opening up at even at all. So I was just like, I'll just throw a bunch of this stuff together, work on some new things. Um, so it's just the, the at Frank Caliendo on all the social media stuff of a podcast, uh, the Caliendo cast, uh, which is uh, we have Shaq coming up. Uh, and Shaq gets released today as well. That's a that's a fun one. And uh, uh, so. Yeah, just just that stuff and just I'm trying to build, come back because I kind of took a break for a while with my kids and watching them grow up a little bit. I was just doing corporate stuff and people were like, are you dead? I'm like, just on the inside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's, uh, you know, I'm working my way back um, and just, it's funny you get out of it for just a little bit, for a little too long. And, you know, not, we're talking about directors and stuff, that's a different thing. When we're all trying to, I'm fairly well known, especially in, you know, sports demographics, but you get out of it for a while and you weren't at the highest of, you know, peaks, the highest level ever, people started to go, Oh, you're done. I'm like, I just really wasn't trying that hard. And now I'm making an effort to, to do some stuff. And then my goal is actually to try and get some small parts in movies. I've only been in one movie and that's what I'd really like to do. But the problem is when everybody, somebody casts me, they're like, okay. And now, you're Morgan Freeman. Well, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> that's a, you
0: not going to so, work. What are you talking about. <laughs> Although Hollywood would try it, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you declined in those roles. <laughs> um, well, best of luck to you. I'm sure that, that that's all going to come to you, um, as it does with all all greats, which you are. And uh, it, uh, I think you should keep doing the, I think it's a great idea to do the, like the play-by-play impressions on internet videos, because that's where everybody is right now. And like, as soon as I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go watch that. Yeah, Jeff watch Google that, Jeff. Oh, it's
1: pretty good. I, you can see where I, I it's, it's it, one thing that's good about it is it feels very much like he's just watching it saying things as opposed to, when I do the Madden Summerall videos, there's a cadence to it and they're more like the video game and almost like they're pre-planned, because they are, set a punchline almost kind of thing. This just sounds like, ah, yes, uh, Dairo Chagi, I believe is how you uh, pronounce that move in Taekwondo. I just started making stuff up and and there are pieces of me that go, ah, I could have had such a better joke there. But another part of me goes, hmm. Gosh, this is going pretty well, and I didn't even really try that hard. I'm so. telling you,
0: try the second round of jokes on the other angle of the fight. I think
1: you're right. That's a, that's a great idea. I'll put that up tomorrow, Second second uh, the second <laughs> well, coming of Jeff Goldblum.
0: We've got nothing but time. So. All right. <laughs> um, well, thanks for stopping by, Frank. I really appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys are staying safe, you and your family in Arizona, and looking forward to, uh, to seeing you back in L.A. when everything is settled down.
1: You too. Thank you much. With
0: it. With it. What? It. We about to turn up in this beat. What up, Heller? What's going on with it or quit it today?
3: Hey, Joy, how are you?
0: I'm good. You know, at home. Yeah.
3: All things considered, <laughs> let's uh, let's win it or quit it, shall we?
0: Let's do
3: it. Um, episodes seven and eight of Last Dance, AKA the number one sports quarantine telenovela out, <laughs> took on some of the more sad and controversial elements of MJ's strive for greatness. Mm-hmm. As tough as it was to see him cry on the ground in the locker room after winning his first title without his father, it was equally enjoyable to watch him push uh, his teammates of the world, the uh, Scotty Burrells, if you will, to their zeniths. Joy, Michael Jordan is not a bully. Wit it or quitting it.
0: Wit it. He is not a bully. It is a, it is a wonderful I'm... telenovela. Um, it's been amazing. I thought episode seven was the best out of... Yeah. All of them. I, I feel like they have been progressively getting better, but I thought that seven was better than eight, maybe because it was just like more emotional stuff yeah. we were dealing with. But um, it was the best episode so far. He's not a bully. And look, I, I, I deal with a fair amount of social media. Let's call it harassment <laughs> um, <laughs> on a daily I can, basis. I can
3: only imagine. Some, I mean, like
0: you don't have to imagine. Just go or take a surf through the comment section and enjoy. It's it's a uh, you know it's a place, it's a thing, and for the most part, I ignore a bulk of it. And every once in a while, a few weirdos will find my trigger point, and I'll I'll start to fire back. As we know, I've I've decided I'm done with it on Twitter. I'm ninety nine percent committed to that. Yeah. And Instagram, I'm still working through because I spend a little more time on Instagram these days. So yeah. you know I understand what it's like to have people say horrible things to you all day long. Now, the difference is I don't care about these people, and they're not making me better in any way. And if you're really? wondering if, if I'm saying I don't care about your opinion, I want to be clear, I don't care about your opinion at all. It's not going to change how I do anything in my life. If you think I should not wear a face mask, great. If I want to wear a face mask, guess what I'm going to do? Wear a face mask. <laughs> so that's Go it. Ahead. And that's just like one small little sliver of, of, of what I deal with. But the reality is like if somebody who I respected at the highest level of my business, who's done yeah. it in a way that cannot be explained in, other, in any other word except for absolute success and greatness. For example, Oprah or Howard oh. Stern.
3: I was even gonna say skip Bayless.
0: Skip Bayless. Okay? Colin Coward. If they were coming to me like Joy, that what you did today, that was some weak. <laughs> shit. I would be in shock, of course, right? Right. But after my initial shock and hurt, I would be like, well, how, I don't want I don't want to bring any yeah. weak shit. Like, how do I not do that again? Teach me how to not do that listen to whatever you say within reason obviously but like i respect what they have to say now in all fairness i'll never bring no weak so i don't have to worry about that okay but i do i do take constructive criticism when it's needed right but there are ways to handle things so everyone's calling you know jordan a bully because of the way that he talked to scotty burrell and the way they talked to some of the other teammates, he didn't let Horace eat, and all these exaggerated situations. Horace he punched ate. Steve Kerr, okay, after Steve Kerr punched him, of course, which Steve Kerr very openly said.
3: And then they became best friends. I've become friends with other men that way also. We were wearing gloves, it was a little more organized, but that, I mean, that's a common thing. It's
0: a common thing. But listen, I I, I I give the parallel to our business to show that there are there are different ways to communicate within different businesses. like. Yeah. none of these people that I mentioned would ever talk to me that way because it's not appropriate to talk to me that way. Right. Now they might say something to me in a, in a more aggressive fashion than some other people may want to hear, but I'm right. equipped to handle that. And I know it's for my own good, right? right. Now, he, none of them could come in and tell me I can't eat lunch because of the this, this segment I just did. And no one could come in and tell me and call me a hoe and <laughs> say, you know, don't bring that weak shit in here right. because it's not an appropriate setting within the confines of professional sports okay at the highest level yep. right where there's billions with a B, billions of dollars on the line and your future and your legacy and history and you're talking to the greatest to ever do it you that, that man's on your team and you know has a certain level of expectations and how he gets down that's right. an appropriate situation. Now there are plenty of examples throughout sports where you've had just a bad guy who was moderately good at their job or like right. a little bit better than average at their job acting like they are Michael Jordan or
2: right.
0: Tom Brady. And they're really not. Okay, so there's, there, you have to keep everything within context. No, Michael Jordan wasn't sweet and cuddly and adorable and, a, and a leading through the ages with magnificent excellence and understanding. But the results speak for themselves. And for all that arguing about like, well, Larry didn't do it that way, huh? Have you, do you know anything about Larry Bird? Number one talker in the history of the NBA, ask anybody. Larry Bird's name is going to be in the top, if not the first one, he's the second one mentioned. Every time.
3: No one says nice in Larry Bird in the same sentence.
0: Ever in your life. And that doesn't mean that Larry Bird isn't a nice guy. It just means when it comes to competition, he's about that life. nice Is he a nice guy? Magic, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. He's not, right. It's not his job to be nice. Magic, yeah. his nickname is Magic. We know Magic's a nice guy. He's a yeah. wonderful guy. If you ask anybody who played against him or played with him, they would happily let you know Magic is with the sh** all the way. Yep,
3: yep. all the way. all the time.
0: All the time. You saw it in the Dream Team practices how much, that he was talking sh**. You take it pretty seriously. That's what what it is. That's what this environment is. So to pick and choose to just pull this out, like people were like, oh, well, so are you okay with kids getting bullied? No, I'm not. We're not talking about kids. We're not talking about children. Can we keep it within the parameters of the conversation? We're not talking about children. Oh, are you okay with um, your coworker bullying me? No, I'm not. That's why we have an HR department, which I'll happily walk into. Hello. Hi, how you doing?
3: Listen, those dudes on the team were lucky that MJ talked to them, let alone tried to help them. And it might not be how you like being helped, but it's how he got to where he needed to be. And it's where you need to be now to be with him on this team. So listen up, son. I honestly, I've said way worse things to my friends than he said to any of his teammates. And I was joking. And one other thing I would like to say, and this is, I'm a little tongue in cheek, but can you bully someone if you're smiling?
0: yes i think you can because that's kind of the premise of a bully that they're enjoying your torture right but
3: if it's a sadistic smile because of the because of the torturing but that's after the fact when you say something mean to someone if you're (laughs) smiling that's everyone kind of knows that's supposed to take the edge off that's supposed to make it so this is criticism but you can hear it because i'm smiling but the
0: difference between criticism okay and bullying mm-hmm. is bullying has no purpose and has no right. no end result for, for for any kind of positivity criticism from a, from a space that is um, established and is working in your best interests and in the best interest of whatever it is you're involved in, is something right. completely and entirely different than bullying. This 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 whole like blanket statement, anytime anyone isn't nice is bullying, is is nonsense. He's not bullying no. anybody at any time. Scotty Burrell is welcome to quit. You
3: know what? I, you know what I just realized. It's not bullying. It's just a little light hazing. That's all.
0: Okay. So I mean, listen. I I think we're on the same page. I don't like hazing. I think it's stupid. And I, I think but, with, I think within. In the parameters of you need to know what your role is always, right? Know your role and be working towards exercising your role at a higher level and then moving out of that role. But but your role, especially in a team environment, is very important. So the overall point that I'm trying to make is, no, MJ is not a bully. No, he doesn't have to be nice to you. He cares about winning. And don't hit me with that there's multiple ways to lead. And yeah, there are multiple ways to lead. You're welcome to lead however you like. But in this scenario, on this team, at this time, it resulted in six finals trips with six wins and they never made it to a game seven. Not once. So you can give me all the other examples of all the other ways to lead, but until you do that with another way to lead, I don't want to hear about it because it doesn't exist. We can play that what if game until the end of time. Well, what if he did this? Well, what if he did that? Okay, have that conversation over there with people who like to live in an alternate reality. In this reality, where things actually happen, that's how it went down. And that's how Jordan felt he needed to deal with them. And there was a yes. purpose to it because he knew they weren't tough enough to deal with the shit that was coming for them when they reached the finals. And he was right because it worked. And, and, yes. the, and the biggest takeaway with people, everyone's freaking out about MJ being a bully, all of his teammates are agreeing that he was a great teammate and that they needed it. Steve Kerr punched him and they got punched in the face by Michael Jordan, a very tough man. Yep. Put his fists in his eye socket. <laughs> okay? And then they were friends. And he said, Steve Kerr said, we needed that. We needed to have that animosity, that situation. And then for people to bring that up, Michael immediately called him and apologized and felt Bullies bad. Bullies
2: don't do that. Bullies, Bullies don't call to do apologize.
0: That. Bullies don't have no time for apologies. They don't even think they're doing anything wrong. Right. So there was a purpose to all of it. If you yep. can't handle the smoke, you know, don't get in the fire. That's that's how I feel about it. And yep. maybe, you know, I'm, I'm a little rougher around the edges. But I want to be taught and pushed by the greatest to ever do it. I'd rather have that experience and maybe get my feelings hurt every once in a while than yep. sit around with people who are moderately good at what they do giving me advice ab- about how to be average. Pass.
3: Yep. yep. And none of it would have been possible without the GOAT of GMs pushing Jordan to get where he got. Shouts to Jerry Krause. Uh, <laughs> Mustaches rule. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on to some football. There's a Florida quarterback leading jersey sales right now, Joy. It's not Tampa Bay's newest uh, breaking and entering suspect, Tom Brady. It's not even Jacksonville's mustachioed signal caller, Minchu Mania. As they say, it's your new number one, both in your jersey and in your heart. Tua Tungabailoa. Talk so Tua. He's actually top Tua, correct. He's actually top Tua because he's got the top two jersey sales. The Aqua Dolphins is number one. The white one's number two. And then Brady, in whatever colorway he's got, is number three. Joy. Tua is setting himself up perfectly to be a star with it or quit it.
0: With it. And I love it. I am fully on board. Forget everything I said about Tua before. No, <laughs> um, No, no, no. I actually I am on board. Um, I love this. Tom Brady, your old news. Yes, yeah, sure. and- the, the Dolphins are back. We're back, baby, in a big way. And listen, like, I always felt the two was super talented. I just have some questions about him, and I think that that's, that's fair. You know, like, I'm allowed yeah. to be in that space. You're allowed to ask I questions. I obviously loved Burrow and thought he was a better prospect, but we'll see what happens. And the yeah. Dolphins got two, and I love how they were able to get him. I think it's the best-case scenario for them. They, that's clearly who they wanted. They didn't have to trade up or give up any pieces. They put a lot of things around him. And he seems like the perfect guy for Brian Flores as well. Yep.
3: So well, he doesn't need to buy shoes. He can keep wearing flip-flops straight from my straight from Hawaii right to Miami.
0: I my my only question about Tua really, other than my concern about the injuries, which everyone has, right. is does he have like the the swag and pizzazz for Miami? And this showed that he clearly does. Clearly, he's been embraced there. They have the number one yep. jersey sales. I love that he is number one. That in his jersey, it fits him perfectly. And this is a great setup. I was talking. I'm. I'm going to talk with Donnie about uh, the the AFC East finally being wide open yeah. for competition. It's huge for the NFL. Yeah. You have Josh Allen. You have Tua. You have Sam Darnold and whoever New England's going to get. It, it, it's it's amazing. You maybe. <laughs> Uh, Probably not, but, like, whatever. Whatever they plan to do, they're going to be interesting because people are going to want to see what Bill Belichick does. So for the first time in 20 years, the AFC East is actually competitive. Tua is now with the Dolphins. Everyone loved Tua before the Joe Burrow explosion. Every football guy is completely in on him. They can't get enough of him. I love it. He's And he's he's a good kid. He's a family kid. Yep. He's a a faith-based kid. So you know he's not going to be one of those guys that goes down to Miami and gets caught up in the bullshit down there, which happens all the time. Okay, so there's a lot going on I think, down there.
3: I think other Christians have lost their way in Miami, Joy. It's
0: very easy to lose your way in Miami. It's, it's <laughs> there's a lot of strange roads down there. All right, <laughs> where we're going, we don't need roads. Um, <laughs> so so I get so I love it. I love the setup. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do this year. And I think he's gonna have kind of a Kyler Murray type of rookie season where they may not necessarily have a great amount of success team wise, but he if he can stay healthy, obviously is gonna have a is gonna have an at the very least an interesting season, which I'm yep. excited for. And and they're building something. For once, there's actual real optimism. You feel like they're establishing a culture, which the dolphins haven't had in forever. So yeah, I, I'm I love it. I think he's setting himself up perfectly. The public is clearly reacting to it. They're buying up the jerseys, and I'm just excited to see what Tua does this year. What up, Donnie? What's going on, Hikey Loki?
2: What's up? What's up? Hi, T. Live Sports is back. Thanks to Dana White. Low-key, you watched UFC 249 on Saturday. Was the return of sports a success?
0: It was a raging success, I thought. I thought that UFC was a great example of there definitely not being an urgent need to rush to get fans back either, because that's a very intimate sport where you would think, and certainly like the crowd energy serves fighters a lot. Like the crowd can turn on a fighter and it literally changed the outcome of a fight. So of Mm -hmm. all sports that like truly need the energy of fans there, fights would be at the very top. Um, But I I really didn't think that it needed it. It, Now, as far as, as, at least as far as the television product went, I didn't care that there wasn't fans there. And and like not having the sounds and like hearing kind of the echoey sound of everything. I kind of had already worked through that with the WWE. So it really yeah. wasn't that jarring to me. And and again, it's like, it's combat sports. So you're only focusing on the fighters anyway. You don't care about exactly. the, the judges. You don't care about the announcers. You really don't care about what the crowd is doing other than the sound of the crowd. So once you get over the fact that the crowd sound is not there, it's completely palatable, so I enjoyed it. I thought the fights were actually really great. the The Ferguson Gaethje fight was excellent. Um, unfortunately, Greg Hardy won, yeah. but you know, what can you do? What can you do? He's there. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, I thought like uh, I, I thought the Don- cool. Dominic Dominic Cruz fight was a, was a great fight too. I thought that the stoppage was fair. He wasn't defending himself. He felt like he was getting up. I understand, but. You know, I, I don't think that they're going to take any un, unnecessary risks, especially when they're already in a situation where all eyes are on them. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. I'm excited that they're going to be fights back. We also have a kind of a McGregor controversy going on now because there was a report that Dana White said that the winner of this fight was going to fight Habib. Now, McGregor... on Fight yeah.
2: Island.
0: Yeah. So now McGregor right. wants to fight Gaethje but he had already yeah. agreed to a fight with Cerrone apparently. Habib doesn't want to fight anyone other than Gaethje. So I, I, I think that they'll end up, it will end up being a McGregor Cerrone fight and then the Habib Gaethje fight. And then, you know, the winner of those will fight each other. But I, I think it's great that they were able to do it. They did everything that they could to make it safe. They tested everyone. My friend Helen Yee was there. She showed a video getting tested beforehand. They sent a couple people home that did test positive. So hopefully, mm. you know, we'll find out within the next two weeks if everyone, you know, was able to get out of there safely. Right. But from all intents and purposes, as of yet, we've heard nothing of the sort. So I thought it was great that, that we were able to get some sports on, get back to some form of normalcy. And of course, you know, everyone yeah. I know is very sensitive about it, but also people have to work. And, you know, those those fighters and trainers and, you know, reporters and stadium people that work at that facility, like all need to get paid too. So it's not just about sports coming back. There are a lot of people that work within the sports industry who need to make money as well. It's not just about getting a product on television and, you know, our enjoyment and entertainment. So I was, I'm happy that it was able to be done safely and that, you know, it, it it was a good first step in showing how we can manage to do things without crowds and, you know, keeping the environment safe for everyone, as, as safe as it can be at this point, obviously.
2: High key, KD tore his Achilles playing on a not yet fully healed calf in last year's NBA Finals. Low key, if the season continues in some form, he's not going to be a part of it. Fool me, can't get fooled again.
0: <laughs> he should not be a part of it, no. I, I know this is a conversation that keeps coming up because the season restart keeps getting pushed on, but what's the point? He's not, and, and, yeah. and, and, and as far as, other guys being in basketball shape, KD is most certainly not anywhere close to basketball shape. So this is a definite yeah. no for me. It makes no sense. Why would he risk getting out there? We saw what happens when he rushed back too soon in the first place. This is why we're having this conversation. So there's exactly. no need for KD to get out there. Just wait till next season. It's always been a wash for me in Brooklyn this entire season without KD. There's, they don't know right. who their coach is going to be next year. It, it's, there's no purpose to this whatsoever. Do not bring KD back. In it's no be way, worth the wait. in no way. Just it's next season for KD. It's fine. It's a lost season. We've all accepted it. Have some it. patience. Have some patience. Yep. You know, as uh, as Stormy says, patience, patience, patience. And <laughs> you know, we'll get to it next year. That is the cutest video in the history of the internet.
2: I haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Yeah.
0: Listen, yeah, I'm not so- a huge consumer of Kardashian content, but. Yeah. That child is extremely <laughs> cute and I just can't fight the cuteness. And so, okay. all right. So I'm addicted to that challenge. The kid challenge with the candy, yeah, like, with the food yeah, snacks, where like you put the baby yeah. down and then tell them they can't have the fruit snacks. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> i love i've been watching i've watched babies on netflix this feels like a, a similar thing it's, it's just testing out the mental the growth of babies and yes it it's, it's
0: fascinating <laughs> because, because i mean listen i love fruit snacks so yeah it, it's it's so funny i mean fruit snacks and candy for kids is is like partying for adults so right like they if you haven't seen this challenge they put like a bowl of fruit snacks the parent will And then they put the child down and then the kid gets all excited like oh my god i have fruit snacks and then they're like nope wait i gotta go do something don't touch the fruit snacks until i come back and then you can have the fruit snacks and the kid's just looking at you like are you kidding? And so then the parent walks away, and they leave the video on it to see if the kids touch the fruit snacks. And and by far, like over, you would think they'd be right in them, but an overwhelming yeah. margin of children do not touch the fruit snacks. And it's so impressive to me. Like they'll look at it, they'll smell it, they'll hover over it, <laughs> but they won't touch them because it's like in their mind they know they might not get these fruit snacks if their parent comes back and sees the fruit yeah. snacks dis- disturbed. So Stormy is, I'm like, well, you have to go look at it. It's on Kylie Jenner's page, it's very easy to find. She brings a giant bowl of M&Ms out and Stormy is beside herself. She's about to feast on these M&Ms. And she tells her, yeah. no, like don't touch them. I have to go pee and then when I come back, you can have some M&Ms. And I mean, the baby is just looking at them and then like it, like the smell of them starts to overwhelm her and she kind of like <laughs> leans over them and is just staring at them. And she leans back and goes, Patience, patience, patience. And she just Oh, waits. she's talking to herself. Her she's, little self. <laughs> she's talking to her little self. She says it three times. Kylie comes around the corner and she's just like gleeful and gets to eat her M&Ms. It's the cutest thing on earth mm. and I'm obsessed with these videos. Sorry. Aside. Back to what we were talking also about. Aside. <laughs> it's the little things right. these days.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. High key. Tom Brady left some
2: pretty big hugs mm-hmm. to feel in New England. Which, by the way, don't make good winter boots at all. Um, low key, the AFC East seems more up for grabs than ever.
0: Yes, it definitely is. It's very exciting. For the first time in the last twenty years, we can actually have a competitive AFC East where we don't go into it like eh, lock. Maybe a team, maybe can make the wild card round. Maybe most likely no. Right. This is wonderful. As far as the UGGs comments goes, I've never been a huge fan of UGGs. Is a outdoor item. Yes. Indoor Uggs, I have several pairs of Uggs that I wear in the studio. Um, they're mm-hmm. delightful, extremely comfortable. Uggs slippers for house slippers, which I'm also a huge fan of house slippers. If you yeah. are from the Northeast, you know all about house slippers and house shoes. Uh, if, you, if you don't, then you usually, you probably in the South, in which case you're wearing chancletas or um, some other version of house shoes. But yeah, they're very important, very good for that. Uh, As far as getting in the snow, they're going to get wet, and then there's going to be like a salt stain on them. Yeah, that's the worst, it's the worst. Not ideal for outside wear, yes. But very comfy otherwise. But as far as the AFC East goes, I'm very excited. We've got Tua, we've got Sam Darnold. we've got Josh Allen, and we've got whatever the hell the Patriots are doing. But again, I continue to say this. Sean McDermott came out this week and was like, yeah, you know, the Patriots are still the team to beat. No, they're not. Stop trying to trick yeah. us, Sean McDermott. You're the team to beat. You're the Bills. <laughs> you were in the playoffs yeah. last year. You are returning look with this. Over here. Yeah, this is your deal. It's yours to lose, okay? Don't try and trick us with this uh, one be the underdog thing. No, the pressure's None on of- you. I want to see what the Bills do this year. You've got your quarterback returning. You were in a playoff game last year. Before you guys melted yes. down in traditional Bills style, you almost won that game. We don't know what happened in the second half. We never do when it comes to the Bills. You have the same coach returning. You've just added Stephon Diggs. No, 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 no. The pressure's on you, Buffalo. You're the ones that need to make it happen. The (laughs) Dolphins have Tua, new situation, and a ton of new free agent pieces. The Jets are returning Adam Gase and Sam Darnold, but they did not have a successful season last year, so we don't know what they're going to do. Now, obviously, Sam Darnold had mono. I think they'll be a lot better, but we don't know what to expect from from the Jets and New England, New England continues to pitch me this nonsense idea that they are just going to pick Whoa. up where they left off with Jared Stidham, who nobody knows anything about. And listen, if Jared Stidham turns out to be the next Tom Brady, God bless you. Okay, I love some of that voodoo. Sprinkle it on me, please. Okay, but yeah, I don't in think, the water. yeah, I don't think that's the case, and I don't think it's crazy for me to say that they will be third or fourth in the AFC East this year, which may very well be their plan. Nevertheless, I still think that's what's happening. But I'm excited for the future of the AFC East for the first time in two decades we can actually have some competition.
2: Yeah, some parody. It's exciting. Yes. All right, high key. They say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. Low key, with that in context, it makes perfect sense that MJ retired to play for the Barons. Like, that's a challenge right there. <laughs> and he it, took it.
0: He did. And he took it seriously. I think we all, it, through watching The Last Dance, we're getting to relive things that I, I think have been we tend to do this in sports history, like we make these just like blocks, right? And like this happened, and this happened, and then people just keep saying it over and over until it becomes like this mythological truth. When in yeah. fact, if we went back and like read anything or really watched anything or studied anything about what actually happened, the truth is kind of become a bit muddled. And I'm not saying that Michael Jordan was this all time great baseball player, but what he had to do going straight from not playing baseball since he was a junior in high school to the double A's, which is no joke. People think like minor league baseball, like all minor league baseball is nonsense. It's not. Not only is it, it it's very high level competition, a lot of big leaguers go rehab in minor league baseball, too. So you are sometimes playing against major leaguers who have experience who are there rehabbing so it's not just guys who are you know trying to make it or don't have the talent to make it to the next level that's very high level competition double a ball mm-hmm. so for him to go there be able to do what he did and, and more importantly like just be legitimate like terry francona doesn't have to kiss michael J- michael jordan's ass like he could be he could very easily go on there like yeah you know we don't know what to expect and he was decent but there was really no chance he was ever going to make it to The majors, but he was a great, you know, he was a great minor league player. Probably would have had a decent career playing minor league ball. Like he doesn't have to say that. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't have to say that. What do they care if if Jordan wasn't trending in that direction? But you know, I had completely forgotten that that's how it actually went down, and that there was a lockout, and that's why he stopped playing baseball. And more importantly, I think it's really it's really important that we're getting the truth fleshed out about why he went to play baseball, like that it was something that he wanted to do and was planning on doing, and that the death of his father didn't have anything to do with it directly, and that he didn't have anything yeah. to do with the, the death of his father as far as his gambling went, which I think is a despicable story. Um, but I, I, overall, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to revisit this because it just, again, emphasizes the greatness that is Michael Jordan. It's not just that he went, like he quit basketball and like went and played baseball because he just like wanted to do it for fun. He really took it seriously and had some yeah. level of success at it. And that's just more of a testament to how little he was afraid of competition.
2: It's amazing he had the level of success he did with the the decades off between playing and then playing. It's, 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 it's
0: insane. It's insane. And it's so it's so fun to be able to relive it. All right. Hi, T. Hi.
4: You look cute. Thanks. So do you. Um,
0: What's going on the culture report this week?
4: All right. So uh, Erica Badu and Jill Scott, two beautiful and talented ladies, went on Instagram Live in a battle of the verses. But it wasn't a competition. It was more like a celebration of some of their best songs their live was special because you know it's music it's music for the soul and i think seven hundred thousand people that were in there would agree that it was an experience joy what did you think of the battle
0: it does not surprise me at all that you know our dear sisters turned it into a love fest of course you know you know how <laughs> we do we do we make everything better um mm-hmm. so I just I mean I love Erica Badu and Jill Scott. I love the I thought this was like one of the most perfect matchups for the verses to begin with. But I'm just yeah. it's so nice to like have everybody celebrating each other. I I love the screenshot of them both like, mm. like it, that was a banger. <laughs> it was so perfect. Yeah. And um I'm looking forward to so what, there's another one coming up now, right? With was it Ludacris?
4: Yeah, the next one's gonna be Ludacris versus Nelly.
0: I wish we had done these, you know what? This is what it is. You know, you get into a situation and you, you have to find opportunity in the situation. So these are so fun. I hope we continue these after we get out of quarantine. If we're in LA, so that might be a while, but um, right, okay. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's next?
4: All right, so Yvonne Orji, also known as Molly from Insecure, she just dropped the trailer for her comedy special called Mama, I Made It. Um, this will premiere on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, June 6th at 10 PM on HBO. Joy, I did not know that she was a comedian, but I am here for this special. What did, what do you think about it?
0: I'm excited for it. I didn't know she was a comedian either, so I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, obviously they have a relationship with HBO because of Insecure. So, um, you know, I, I watch Insecure. I am behind, so I haven't seen this week's molly and Issa, although i know that that's what happened this week so i gotta catch up so i can see and get my opinion on you know how it all went down but have you seen this week
4: i did yeah it was really good you gotta watch it
0: i saw everyone talking about so i do need to catch up i was watching yesterday um but yeah so i'm excited for her i'm i'm definitely gonna watch looking forward to it um what else is going
4: All right, so um, the original Broadway production of Hamilton Musical, it's it's coming exclusively to Disney Plus on July 3rd, 2020. So I think this alone makes having Disney Plus worth it. Do you agree?
0: Yes. So did you see Hamilton? I did not. Okay, so I've seen it twice and it's unbelievable. It's everything that it's like billed to be I wasn't sure about it at first. And like when I finally went and saw it, I was like blown away. Like I could, I, I love musicals to begin with mm-hmm. and theater. So, but you don't have to be a theater or musical nerd to appreciate it. It's just brilliantly done. Like I can't exaggerate the the soundtrack of it is amazing. The story, just the the genius behind a hip hop Influenced musical about Alexander Hamilton like it sounds crazy, but when you see it, it's it's really inspiring too. like I'm a nerd as we know And <laughs> We were talking about before Disney music and like I like to work out. I like to run not workout workout, but run I like to get into like a mode, you know when I'm running and so sometimes i listen to Disney music and sometimes I'll listen to musicals like I love newsies um, Moulin Rouge And Hamilton has a lot of really great songs to work out to. I'm sorry if that makes me a nerd or not. But the soundtrack is amazing. It's very inspiring. (laughs) I like to think while I'm running. And it's like a think it's like a thinker's performance. So, yes, you definitely have to get it and you definitely have to see it. And I love that they're putting this on so that people can be a part of the phenomenon. Because like tickets are very expensive, and you know, for the longest time it was only in New York. So, you know, if you're not going to New York, you can't see it. And then it's, you know, obviously start traveling, but it's still a very expensive thing to go see. So to be able to bring it to the masses is awesome. And I'm definitely going to watch. I've seen it twice, as I said, but I'm definitely going to watch anyway. And I love it.
4: I'm very nice. excited. Well, thank God I got Disney Plus. I can watch it
0: too. You're good, girl. Definitely watch it. <laughs>
4: All right, so speaking of Disney, the Disney family sing-along was on Sunday and was filled with Disney magical music. It was hosted by Ryan Seacrest and featured appearances from Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, Chloe and Halle, Kiki Palmer. But everyone's been talking about Jennifer Hudson and John Legend's duet of Beauty and the Beast. I've probably heard it. So they sing together so beautifully, like I may have shed a tear or two. What did you think about their performance?
0: Well, Jennifer is an all-time performer, obviously. And John did the duet, the original duet, for the new live action Beating the Beast with Ariana Grande. So I feel like with mm-hmm. these Disney sing-alongs, they're like, Disney's kind of like, hmm, what if we upgraded this song from our original plan? No diss to Ariana Grande, who I love and has an incredible voice. But Jennifer's yeah. remix was amazing. You know I love the Disney sing-along. I live-tweeted the last one, so I will be, when I have some downtime, watching the next one as well uh i'm a disney nerd but also i just think it's like in times like this when we're all stressed out and getting nothing but bad news every five seconds it's nice to just kind of like escape for a second you know even if you don't have kids like everybody loves disney and it's cute and if you do have kids it's even better because it's something for them to watch so i love it and they did an amazing job they did it was great they (laughs) well thanks t thanks for uh updating us on the culture report hope you're doing well
4: Thanks, you too.
0: Okay, I'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media platforms, at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, and subscribe on YouTube. And you can listen to the podcast on any of your podcast apps, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. So thanks for checking us out this week. Make sure you stay safe, and we'll catch you next week.
2: Maybe I'm crazy, baby I'm not. Ooh!